Welcome to This Week in Tech with Gene Destro. Now is your chance to get caught up in all that's happening in technology around Akron and the rest of the world. Now here's your host, Gene Destro. This week, far-reaching effects from the ransomware cyber attack that shut down the Colonial Gas Pipeline, which supplies gasoline and jet fuel to 45% of the East Coast. And there's some concern it could take weeks to iron out the problems it's caused. That pipeline has now reopened, but earlier this week, Florida, Virginia, North Carolina, and Georgia declared states of emergency because of a run on gasoline. As panicked motorists jammed gas stations, many shut down, gas prices went up nationwide and at one gas station in Virginia, serious sticker shock at $6.99 a gallon. President Biden, meanwhile, took action to ensure plentiful supplies by issuing air quality waivers to temporarily allow some more volatile types of fuels to be used in the short term. He also eased some labor laws temporarily, allowing truck drivers to work longer hours so fuel supplies could be replenished. But that's not all. He also signed an executive order to take steps to improve the nation's cybersecurity and protect federal government networks. So who's responsible? The FBI says a hacking group out of Russia was behind the attack. CBS News correspondent Jim Krasula. A group calling itself Dark Side said its goal was to make money and not create problems for society. And while this particular attack is severe and disruptive, it's certainly not completely unexpected. In fact, cybersecurity experts have been warning for years that such attacks could happen, and it was really only a matter of time until they did. University of Akron computer science professor Dr. John Nicholas. To be honest with you, I'm surprised it's taken uh, this long for something this big to happen, which says a lot for the cybersecurity efforts of our government and of the private sector, but the attacks are getting more and more sophisticated. It's more than just buying the right kind of antivirus software, obviously, right? I mean, it's not just perimeter security we have to worry about, and it's not just telling people don't click on the links. I mean, there's got to be more to it than that, right? Well, well, there is. I mean, it's really, to me, at this point, cybersecurity is more of a culture. It's a way of thinking. So you still need to do all of the perimeter security and, and need to make sure that, that everybody's computer has right antivirus software and all that. And you still have to educate your employees, but it's going to have to become a part of corporate culture where we're also looking out for each other. Like, you know, for example, you know, hey, Gene, don't click on that link. That's one of the ones that was reported in today's email or something like that. So it's really an us thing. And it's hard to describe because I think it's really what's happening is we're seeing that we now have to adopt more of a 21st century mentality. And I think a lot of us still have a lot of a 20th century mentality where we're all on this island and our own individual actions don't affect anybody else. But that's not true anymore. Now, we heard from one expert that was saying, well, as long as you make sure that you have a backup that's not connected to your network, that you have something off-site then you're totally cool. But that isn't necessarily true, is it? I mean, they can actually infect backups no matter where they are, can't they? Well, that's true to a certain extent. So the best prevention against ransomware is a backup. And every company should be backing up their data as much as is reasonable for that company. And you can do that on the cloud. And that is probably the most secure place. But that is also tied directly to the computer. So if a computer gets infected, it's very easy for that ransomware to spread into the cloud files also if there is an open link there. However, 
if you also then back things up on a removable hard drive and that drive is air gapped, as they say, from the machine that is infected, you can then restore those files from that air gap removable hard drive type backup and those should be safer. Now, the problem is there, it's harder to keep those up to date. Cloud computing will do it instantaneously for you and air gaps you have to do on a regular basis. So even with that, you might have a gap between the last time you backed it up to the removable drive and to when you replace it, and that could be problematic, but it probably wouldn't take down the whole system like we just saw. Right. Now, the reason why I asked that is because I had read an article uh, a couple of years ago about a kind of malware that kind of, for a lack of a better way to say, kind of lays an egg, you know, in your system. And you're backing up and it all looks fine. Everything looks clean and the backup looks cool and everything like that. And even if it was air gapped, then once they have installed a backdoor, they could trigger, you know, a different piece of malware that's just laying dormant on the backup. That could be triggered once you plugged even the air gapped backup back into your system. Isn't that true? That, that is true. But in order for that to have happened, that air gap device would have had to have been plugged into something that had that particular malware on it. And so while that's true, if you're not plugging that into the infected machine in the first place, it, it can't just hop from one machine to another machine, which is the whole idea behind air gap. So at some point, it would have had to have been connected to an infected machine for that to happen. In other words, even if it had a piece of malware on it that was laying dormant, unless it got a trigger from somewhere on the system, it wouldn't be able to go off. With that or if the system that it was backed up was not infected in the first place, that malware couldn't make that jump. But if it did have that malware on there, it would have to have been plugged into a machine that would trigger it, or it would just have to have some code in there that said, when you see them restoring the backup, go ahead and trigger this code. But that is a very difficult thing for the hackers to pull off. It is possible, but difficult. Ah, okay. See, that's where I was going. I mean, that's what I had read about, that there's a way around even an air-gapped backup. That's what I had heard. There is, but that is more difficult. And I mean, and really all we can do is have multiple backups in multiple places. I have no fewer than three for everything I own. So if I lose anything, I'm pretty up and, and going pretty quickly. So there's the backup approach. There's that. Now, let's just say that you're a company that, or an individual that has been hacked in this way. You've got it. And now what you need to do is find out how to fix it. Like your average Joe, like me, I wouldn't be able to do a thing about it. But if you were a company, what kind of resources could you have to to fix it? Ransomware, there really are not any because it, it encrypts it and it encrypts it to a level that most of us wouldn't have computers that could reasonably unencrypt it in a certain amount of time. So without that backup, you're probably dead in the water. If a company, let's say, gets ransomware, what would they have to do? They'd have to call in their IT experts or a company to come in and do what for them? There's a lot of different ransomware programs out there. So hopefully your IT folks in-house would be able to do some research and figure out what kind of ransomware it was. At that point, because now we're dealing with a federal crime, you would get the FBI involved, and I have heard of, but I've not seen, some FBI software that in some cases has been able to untangle the ransomwares. So in a best-case scenario, you could get a federal agency or a state agency involved, like we have the cyber rangers here in, in Ohio, 
And if they have the software and the computing power, they might be able to unencrypt your files, and hopefully that will do the trick. And then you have to get that piece of software off the machine. Most IT people can find a way to do that, but it's going to probably take several weeks or a month if it was bad enough. It's not going to be an instantaneous solution. University of Akron is part of the cyber range and connected with the Ohio National Guard. What can the Ohio National Guard then do to assist companies or I guess it would be state agencies when it comes to the Guard, right? Right. We have basically a volunteer group of cyber rangers similar to a volunteer fire department in some smaller towns that are made up of industry professionals. The National Guard heads all of it. And so we have government sector, private sector, public sector folks who are ready to go in and help at the drop of a hat with the cyber rangers. They were the ones who were deployed for the city of Akron when we got the ransomware. But even with all of that, they had to take some of the machines out of the city of Akron. And I think some of them are still going under forensics to find where the weaknesses were. And so when that happens, you can get a hold of the cyber rangers and they can be deployed and you'll have with that the the federal connection with the Ohio National Guard and all of their cyber knowledge, as well as local professionals and business professionals who know it from from the business side. And that team of folks can help you, but it's still not going to be a small operation. So that's kind of interesting. Going back to the city of Akron's ransomware attack, it sounds to me like they had to just take certain pieces of hardware off their system altogether and just replace them then, huh? Right. You had to put brand new clean systems on there uh, and get the old ones off while they went off to get uh, the forensics done on them. I see. Okay. So anything that I didn't ask then on this that you would want to add about ransomware and where that leaves us with regard to vulnerability of critical systems like this pipeline? Well, just that it's not a they thing anymore. Like we used to be able to think of the world like they, meaning the military would protect us from foreign invaders. It's really an us thing and that the focus that we all need to have going forward in the 21st century is that we're going to have to look out for each other in the cyber world and we're going to have to trust the government with the information that they release because that's going to help us protect each other. That was computer science professor Dr. John Nicholas from the University of Akron. And that's it for now. Stay happy and healthy and we'll see you again next week. That was This Week in Tech with Gene Destro. Tune in next week for more tech news on 93.5-1590-WAKR and WAKR.net. <laughs>